What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. This is episode 93. Sorry to Interrupt podcast is brought to you, as always, by SorrySports.com. Check out the website. we got a few new articles running from Mike Phillips and Sean Rowe and a few more to come. Uh, so we talked only about the NBA today. We talked about the NBA finals, obviously, that are going on. We talked about the choke job that the Toronto Raptors had last night and the champions that the Golden State Warriors are talked about the KD injury, and we talked about some NBA free agency implications, and of course, we talked about our weekly AD drama. Can't wait for that to be over, so follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports. Follow us on Instagram at Sorry underscore Sports. If you want to talk to us, shoot us an email, SorrySports at Yahoo.com, and as always, check out the website, SorrySports.com. Enjoy the pod. everybody welcome back to the sorry to interrupt podcast we're back with you here on this tuesday the 11th of june and right after one of the best nba finals games in recent memory tom what's up my man what's going on bro that was a hell of a lot of fun um i'm speechless from that game i don't even really know what to say that was one of the greatest games i mean just that last stretch of time i mean to without even talking about Durant, we could literally just talk about the last three and a half minutes of that game. Toronto's up six. It looks like it's over. And that's the heart of a champion, man. That's a team that was not ready to go down. Curry, Thompson, they hit the big shots that they've been used to hitting a lot in their careers. Uh, you know, I, I really don't understand why Nick Nurse t- call, took that timeout right there. But that was the dumbest timeout I've seen in years. It just took away all their momentum, right? I mean, Kawhi goes on his rampage. I think it was 12 points by himself in a row. They've got all the momentum. Toronto's ready to celebrate their nas- their world championship. And then it just all goes away in the span of what felt like five seconds yeah Kawhi went ahead and had his uh his Jordan moment there and it was all but over and then they called that time out and they couldn't find a basket for the last three minutes no uh, and and on top of that too is it, it looked like they had become deflated when when Curry hit that three and then Thompson followed it up to tie it it looked like oh shit we know we're about to lose, which has been, you know, not at all how the Raptors have carried themselves throughout this series. I mean, we haven't talked since last Monday, dude, when only two games have been played. They go out to Oracle, sweep the two games out there. The games closed yesterday. It seems like when Durant goes down, they're going to take control, and they had that game won. They absolutely had that game won. They choked that one now, away. If they don't win on Thursday night here in in Golden State, I mean, now they're dealing with all the pressure in the world, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you're going up three, you're going up three one, and you have a game at home. You, that's a must win game, in my opinion. I know people. That's cliche, and unless it's a must win, it's really not. But I just think that you're a team that hasn't been there before, hasn't won a title before. Only guy who has on your team, I believe, is Kawhi, and 
<clears throat> you just need to go out and you need to win that game. You need to take that game. And that was a Nick Nurse who's been too. yeah, and Nurse has been an, an incredible coach. And I think he definitely deserves some coach of the year votes. I don't know if he'll win it, but I think uh, Budenholzer will down in Milwaukee. But this right that that right there was a rookie head coach move taking a time out there. I don't know if he saw somebody was winded. I don't know if he thought. Well, he um, said that Kawhi needed enough, to collect they, himself. Yeah, he said that he that they had a couple of timeouts in the bag that they weren't going to need all of them, and that that was a good opportunity to make sure that they got their last they got their win back before their last push. No, no, and, no. You, know, you do that after Curry hits a three, or after Clay hits a three to stop the momentum from going swinging the other way. You don't do that when Kawhi Leonard shows that he's possibly the baddest man on the planet right now having a Michael Jordan moment scoring 12 straight points you don't do that then no I totally agree with you dude and, and to your point you know that's a rookie head coach mistake because you can that's you trying to be too perfect that's you trying to you know take every little bit of advantage that you have instead of just letting the game be dictated the way it's been going I mean they uh, closed out I the understand last two games. when I understand when you get asked that question in the press conference, you, you, maybe you don't have an answer ready, but really, you, you you were just like, oh, well, we had some timeouts left, so I just wanted to use one because I have them there? What? No, it was because, and, and it was to say, you know, he followed that up with saying, you know, we wanted, I wanted to make sure they were as rested as they could be for their last push there with three and a half remaining. Again, Again both of us you are know in agreement. That the, you can't do that. But this, that, this team that has been rationale. to the... This team is a pure champion. They have been to the finals for the last, what, five years or whatever? They're going to come back. You should have those timeouts in your back pocket as a momentum stopper. This isn't the Orlando Magic in the first round where, you, where, you know, you're like, oh, I, I wanted to get them a blow. Like, I, 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 there's no reason. There's just none. No, absolutely not. And regardless of what he said, obviously, you know, everybody watching that game, you and, you know, I know you and I were both watching that game. We were texting back and forth there, and we were saying, I, I was just saying, I couldn't believe that they would stop the momentum like that. I mean, it was almost felt like I was watching my team because you're, you're just saying, like, what the hell are you doing? You can't believe that you're, that you're taking away that momentum as Golden State's, you know, starting to fall by the wayside. But Golden State did end up winning, and... You know, like I said, we can dissect the last little bit of that game, and I think we pretty much just did. We could go even further into it, but it's amazing to think about it, man. That's not how this game is going to be remembered at all. No, it's going to be the KD injury game. So, as we're going through this, right, the day is is progressing. It's a nice Monday day, you know, Monday of Game 5, and... It starts off, oh, he's a game-time decision, says Steve Kerr. And then, what was it, three hours before tip, It's he's playing. And we're thinking, okay, how much is he going to play? But he, there's really not another choice, right? I mean, this could be his last game in a Warriors uniform. If he's good enough at even probably 60%, then you've got to play him and get whatever you can from him. It's an elimination game. And he goes out there, and he starts off great. I think he hit his first two threes. Hit his first scored, three threes, actually. Yeah, he scored, his, he scored 11 points in 12 minutes, and then it all ends. Like, you know, yeah. at, at the snap of a finger, it's done. 
I don't. There's and no blame, in say, my opinion. There's no blame to throw around. He's a grown man. He wants to ball. Let him ball. This is what he was born to do. Let him play. I don't, I don't blame the Warriors for for pressuring him. He's a grown man again. I don't blame him for risking his career. This is the fucking NBA Finals. This isn't Game Seventy One. Yeah, and can I just say real fast, fucking Canadian fans, that was awful. The guy goes down in a heap. Clearly, everybody knows that he's been battling with... They quit calling it a calf, and I guess it was, but we all knew that that was bordering on an Achilles. And to just be cheering a Moss like that, that's fucked up. That's low class, and I'm glad that both both or players from both organizations, as they were trying to help him up, were telling the fans to shut the fuck up. Because, you know what? Win with class, lose with class. You can't do that. So I, I was glad to see guys like Serge Ibaka and Kyle Lowry telling everybody to shut up and be quiet. Is Canada welcome on the pod? Just the whole the gravity. No. Um, what about the, Drake? Well, Drake? Well, Drake's always welcome. I gotta. We have a lot of questions to ask him. We both know that. True. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Uh, that was that was bad. That was tough to that was tough to see. But yes, um, I totally echo your sentiments. I, I don't really understand how blame can be passed around here. I mean, like you said, he's a grown man. He was born to do this. This is his moment. He came back. Everybody, if he didn't come back in this game, one of two things would have been the case. He was really, really much more hurt than anybody ever thought. Or he would be just destroyed for not risking his free agency for a title or to keep his team winning. Absolutely, Especially he when did, and now, whole, and now his well, Achilles is hanging off his leg. I know, dude. You see the video? I'm sure of the like the slow mo up close of the thing. It just pops. It was it was tough to see, um, but yeah. I, again, like. His entire image would have been tarnished if he didn't play in that game, or you know, nobody should have been asking leading up to this. The only thing I will criticize is the Warriors uh, about how kind of coy they were with all of this. They should have just said, "Listen, he's in really bad shape. He's not going to play unless it's an elimination game, and he's running through all the all the protocols, and he's not at 100 percent." Because at least then it's okay. I get it. Because now I can understand there is a little egg on their face. You and I agree that they're not to blame. But it doesn't look great because it looks like they kind of forced him out there, or clearly, you know, they were leading. They weren't leading it on to be as bad as it was, um, or else it wouldn't have been. Oh, you know, maybe he'll play in game three. Maybe he'll play here. Maybe he'll play there. I mean, this has been going on basically every game, even since the Portland series. So, I, I'm definitely in agreement. No one's to blame, but they don't look the best. And now, you know, you hate to look at it from such a fanboy standpoint but now the entire nba axis is turned on turned completely upside down well we still have an nba finals going on so we have the whole summer to speculate on on free agency and oh we've been speculating long before this we can't turn our back now you're definitely right on that but i want to talk a little bit more about the finals and about this game especially but when it comes to KD, I mean, I, I think this opens up a whole other can of worms. Maybe he goes back to the Warriors now. Because well, let's get into that in a little bit. I agree. Let's finish up on this game. What else did you want to say? So what I, what I saw was that they were not putting, they were not taking advantage of the defensive mismatch of Boogie Cousins in the late minutes where 
I mean, it was either pull uh, pull a really tall guy out of the stands or play Boogie Cousins. That's how decimated this roster is. I mean, Looney's done for. Shout out to Looney as well because that guy's a fucking champ for, oh, for gutting it through through a broken collarbone and then he, he was re-injures in himself. The entire game. And I think he's. I I believe he was announced done for the series. He should have been done before that, but it, it's the finals and you're trying to get a ring. I don't even know if he has a ring, right? I I don't know. But regardless, yeah, yeah, la- yeah, last year he's earned um, himself a lot of money. Somebody's gonna pay that man. Yeah, absolutely. Co- collarbone injury. He just needs time for that. It's not. It's not like Katie's Achilles, where he may never come back the same player. But back to Boogie Cousins, I was just really disappointed in the fact that they went away in the later minutes from the pick and roll with Lowry and the uh, and whoever the roll guy was because. Every single time that Lowry got Boogie on him, he took him to the basket. He would do a, a quick stop, and Boogie couldn't stop with him. Boogie couldn't stop with him healthy, much less on one Achilles, and he would get a layup. And I don't know why they went away from that. It opened up so much on the floor. There were so many points scored based off of Boogie being a defensive liability. And don't get me wrong, he had 14 and I believe 10 rebounds. He had a pretty good game. He also was the GOAT in the basket. Bad when came in and scored nine straight when KD went out. He was the go to few times negatively. A bullshit uh, moving screen call that I've never oh, that seen awful. called in an NBA Finals before. It was a moving screen, but I mean, come on, you That's got Gasol, called. you got Gasol literally throwing Boogie Cousins into the stands on the last play of the game on that final Kyle Lowry shot. But back to my point. Why Why did you go away from that? I understand Kawhi was hot, but Kawhi was getting fucking triple teamed. Like, Kyle Lowry is an all-star, third-team all-NBA player at, at one point in his career, and he was scoring on him at will. Like, like, you guys have to have a game plan in place because you know after you stupidly call timeout, after Kawhi gets 12 straight points and the guy is literally unconscious, they're going to zone in on him on defense, and you're going to have ha- have to have, like, a second or third plan well i i agree with you but i think the problem is is that lowry's not that guy never had lowry was that guy did you watch the game like he was literally scoring on boogie at will at will he was scoring on the guy i i am well aware of that but as the game draws towards a close and the minutes get bigger and this every second counts Lowry, you know, he, he's shying away from that moment. And it is going to be the Kawhi show because it, that's what it has been this entire run. The end of the game is being put in Kawhi Leonard's hands. So, yeah, they're going away from their game plan and what was working because it's getting closer to, get to the end of the game, crunch time, and that is where Kawhi Leonard is the man. He is plans A, B, C, and D in that stretch. And that's not right to do, obviously, all the time Look, especially I, when he is being triple teamed. But that's why they take it away. I, that's I, exactly been the case. I agree with you, and I'm not saying it's Kyle Lowry's fault. I'm saying shame on Nick Nurse and the Raptors coaching staff because, one, you should have never called that timeout, and two you got to come up with better plays than just give the ball to... Because you saw it. Clay Thompson got up in his grill right outside of that timeout, and Kawhi airballs a shot that he was being double-teamed into right after that. And right after that timeout, they just went completely flat. You have to have better coaching than that. If you're going to use those timeouts like you say you have to, then you got to take advantage of them, and let's come up with a plan here. And the plan should be abuse Boogie Cousins. 
on the defensive end, obviously. I, listen, I'm not telling you what should have been done because if we're going to do that, we're wasting a lot of time because you and I are in complete agreement. What I'm saying is, as you asked the question, why did they go away from it? And the question being, is, to answer it, is clear. In the last couple seconds of the game, it's the Kawhi show because that's what it's been and that's what's worked up until this point. And that's exactly what they were going to do. And Lowry has kind of shied away from the big moments. He plays well during the game. I got to give him credit. He has not been terrible in this finals. He's actually made some big shots and he's played, you know, a lot better than we've generally good seen him play in the playoffs. Yes, for sure. But it's still he's not the option. And in those in that in those times and in that circumstance, the guy is going to be Kawhi Leonard. And it's up to him to draw that foul, to get to that line, to make the crazy shot, even if it takes four hops like it did in the end of that second-round series with Philly. You know, that's what it's been. So they were going to ride with him. They were going to die with him. And, you know, even though Lowry took that last shot, it was simply because Kawhi was not in a position to get it off. But that never had a chance. Lowry's not supposed to be the guy taking the shot at the end of the game. And that's why they ended up losing, in my opinion. But, yeah, I mean, they shouldn't have done that. You're totally right. But we know we both know that schematically. But to answer your question as to why they went away from it, the answer is pretty simple. Kawhi Leonard is plans A, B, C, and D for them. And if he's not, if he doesn't come through, then they're not going to, they're not going to be in the best position to win. You're definitely right. Um, but again, he did come through. I, he had in the, he had above 30 points, I believe. And he played one of the best games I've seen in a really long time. And you're talking Kawhi. I'm talking Kawhi, but again, yeah, I'm not going to get off of this because there needs to be better game plans from a coach and Nick Nurse that's got him here all year. But let's talk about the team that actually won this game, and this was Vintage Warriors. This was Splash Brothers. This team is decimated, and people are saying, like, oh, they won, you know, the finals before KD and Boogie and all this stuff. But you know what? They had a great supporting cast, and right now they do not. I was just going to say, can we stop that narrative? Yeah, they do not have the same supporting cast that they had a few years ago with the David West, a much younger Andre Iguodala, much younger Sean Livingston, Bogut was much younger. And they had a lot of other ancillary pieces that were contributing in a big way. Whereas now it's like Jordan Bell's in there and Quinn you, Cook. Although McKinney. Quinn Cook, you got to give the guy credit. He's doing what he's oh, supposed yeah, to do. Absolutely. He can bang a three. But oh, Iguodala's older. You're, he's also you're banged talking up. talking about it comparatively to their other championship runs or 3-1 deficit you know, victories. Quinn Cook now, although he's played well for the position he's been put in, is nowhere comparable to those names you just mentioned three years ago, four years ago. Not at all, which goes back to the point of this game. What a performance. Gutty performance. This team, I don't think any other team going back a while wins this game currently with their current situation and they have the heart of a champion that might be cliche that might be stupid but i i think it fits in this case and man the splash brothers played a hell of a game clay compromised hurt steph probably super duper tired and he's probably a little dinged up too but it didn't matter they they hit the shots when they needed to and clay's got some balls man i'll tell you that Dude, we talked about this on the podcast last Monday, right after they won that game, too, that we were kind of looking at each other like, wow, I can't believe they won this game. 
reminded me when Iguodala hit that shot in the corner. Uh, and it was absolutely the same thing. I mean, it, these guys know what it takes to win the game. That doesn't necessarily mean they're going to. They might eventually just be out-talented, and we can be talking on Friday about, you know, the Raptors going into Oracle and somehow winning three games. I mean, we saw Cleveland go in there in a game seven on the road and win. Um, so it's not impossible, but it, it you're not going to count out the heart of a champion. It is cliche, but it's not stupid. If it was stupid, it wouldn't be used and it wouldn't be true. You're talking about guys that have played at the highest of levels over the last five years. This mini dynasty is one of the most impressive runs we've seen in NBA history. Steph Curry is one of the most clutch great players that this league has ever seen. Clay Thompson is one of the best shooters right next to Curry that we've ever seen, not to mention how incredible his defense is. Iguodala knows exactly what he's doing in a big spot. Sean Livingston knows exactly what he's doing in a big spot. As long as those guys can play their roles and Curry and Thompson can go nuts and hit some of the shots that they hit last night, they're going to be okay. And Quinn Cook, you know, get a couple threes like he did, I believe, in game three or four of the series where I think he started the game three or four. You know, now that uh, now that Looney's out, you're going to need more from Cousins because he is an ancillary role player at this point. He's got to be able to do something. But you're right. This is a game. You know, we we've been talking about the the Raptors losing the game, very much more so. Whether they should have called that timeout or not, and we both subscribe to the fact that they shouldn't have. But it's still a six point deficit for Golden State with three minutes remaining, and the and the momentum is totally on Toronto's side. And you you said it perfectly. No other team's winning that game. Toronto is is the NBA champion today. If this was any other team. Completely agree with you. All right, so we've talked about the game. We've knocked out the KD injury. Let's talk about this series going forward, um, especially the next game, Game 6. Who wins it in your opinion? Game 6, I'm saying it's going to be Golden State. All right, my friend. I am I'm with you there. I think Golden State... I think the crowd and everything, all the pressure overwhelms the Raptors, excluding uh, Kawhi Leonard. And I think Golden State comes out like a fucking bat out of hell. And I wouldn't be surprised if Clay and Steph at half have 10 to 12 threes combined. And they just ride that momentum throughout the game. So we both have the Warriors winning that game. Why don't we move on to game seven? Back that would in be Toronto. Sunday night. Back in Toronto. Yes. At uh, what do they call it? Jurassic Park or whatever. Um, yeah, that's the uh, Scotia Bank Arena is where they're playing. That's yeah. great. That's I don't care. Um, Drake, <laughs> Drake will be there. I'm sure. Um, what do you think? Who wins? Who wins this series? Who wins the NBA championship? Well, I mean, if we're both saying that Golden State's winning Game Six, and just to you know agree with you is that home crowd is going to be crazy and I think you know just seeing the way that they rallied around Durant in that game um, I think that means something I, I do I, I think that you know there's been such this kind of feeling and kind of perception out there that it's kind of Durant and the Warriors instead of Durant with the Warriors but just seeing them help him off yesterday seeing the emotion coming from Steve Kerr and Steph Curry Obviously, Bob uh, Bob Myers and 
you know, just that entire organization, they love Durant. They feel like he really is one of them. I think that's why there's been so much emotion throughout this season thinking that he's out. So I think that that momentum's carrying into game six. And we said it together, right? If, if Toronto does not take care of business in game six and they have to come home to game seven where I know they'll have the fans going crazy, but at this point you've lost two straight. And remember when the Warriors lost to Cleveland. They went back home for Game 7 after Cleveland took Games 5 and 6. And the momentum was too much regardless of where the game was being played. And you talk about a heart of a champion and all that. If Toronto doesn't wrap it up on Thursday night in Golden State and they've got to come back to Game 7 with all the pressure on them thinking this series was done, having it done with three minutes left last night, I'm not counting out the Warriors. I don't think any of us can. And I'll say Golden State in seven. How about you? I am going to take Toronto in seven. You think, think they're going to come back even after losing a game six? And, I and think it has more to do with the fact that Kawhi has really solidified himself as a top 50 NBA player of all time in this playoffs. Yes, I agree. And I think if he wins, basically carries this team to a championship after everything. I think he seals himself into the top 25, maybe top 30. We can we can debate that all you want. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that the other part of that, and I, and I really think that in a Game 7, Kawhi has an all-time, like, this is my time, like, reserve, reserve a spot for me in the top, in the top players of all time, and I'm just getting started. I'm only 27. And I also think that the Warriors are just too decimated. Like, let's not forget that that Klay Thompson is not healthy. And those are going to be some heavy minutes he's going to be playing between Game 6 and 7. Steph Curry has been literally on the floor more than I've ever seen him before in this series, giving his heart and soul playing 40-plus minutes a game. Boogie Cousins with that Achilles. And then the rest of the team is shredded and or old as well. So I just think between the basically the decimation of this roster for Golden State and Kawhi Leonard, I think Toronto pulls it out in Game 7. Well, you're talking about, you know, Kawhi, and I—that's the one. That's the bit of logic that I would tend to agree with you. That if there is a game seven that's forced, they're going to win because Kawhi just wills them to victory. But the the if Nick, point where if Nick of, Nurse would let him, he would have fucking willed him to victory in in game five. But that's the other thing. And, yeah, so game five. It, you're 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 going to have to take into account. And again, this is all you know. This is all nothing if if golden state doesn't win on thursday but if they do you're talking about a team that's come back from a 3-1 deficit before and i know it wasn't with all the same pieces but that core of iguodala draymond green curry and thompson and steve kerr you know manning the bench there did come back from a 3-1 deficit against goal against oklahoma city they have one series they they came back last year against houston so they know what they're doing. And again, I want to see a Nick Nurse who's never been there before and it looks like the moment got a little too big for him yesterday. See what he does in a game seven after being up three one and probably should and, and, and should have won game five. 
See, that to me is where I like to put a, st- a big amount of stock in the team that's been there before and done that. And you talk about all the minutes that pile up and, you know, the decimation of this roster and Clay being hurt and all that, all of which are true, but there's a lot of time in between games. You're talking about Monday to Thursday. You're talking about Thursday to Sunday. That's a lot of time for these guys to get treatment as long as they're not, you know, like Kevin Durant-type injuries. And I mean, we know Looney's out. If Curry and Thompson have to go completely balls to the wall in game six and handle their business, they have two full days to recover before game seven. So, it's, you know, they're, they're not, it's not like they have to turn around and play on even Saturday. They're going to have two full days to recover. And I think at that point, it's not even so much about health. It's about who freezes up. But I don't think I'm going to worry about Kawhi. Uh, clearly, Kawhi, he's won a finals MVP before. He's done this. But the rest of that supporting cast, and that, you know, not really any fault of Siakam or Van Fleet because they hadn't been around that long, but Lowry has, never, has not won before this and has been part of a lot of choking teams. Gasol's never won. You have a lot of guys on this roster, man, who haven't been there and done that, aside from Kawhi, who's the best player. I don't doubt him. You don't either, which is why you're picking them in the hypothetical Game 7. But the rest of that supporting cast, along with the head coach who haven't been there before, against the most experienced team and a team that's clinging to their dynasty, if we get to Game 7, even if it's in Toronto, even though it's in Toronto, I'm, I'm going to roll with the t- I'm going to roll with the experience. Hey. It's not a bad pick either way. These are obviously the two best teams in the NBA. So we've gone over the rest of the NBA regular season. Let's talk about KD, this injury implication, and then we'll talk a little bit about some NBA rumors going around. So KD with this injury, what do you think? Because we're like 95% sure he just absolutely shredded his Achilles, which... In the past of the NBA, going back from Dominique Wilkins all the way up through Boogie Cousins, you got Kobe Bryant tucked in there, Rudy Gay, and a lot of other players that um, uh, that have had this injury. They've never been the same. So how do you feel about KD coming back from, from an Achilles going right into free agency? Well, I said it earlier, right? I, was, I mean, it, it flips the entire NBA world upside down now. I don't think that's being, you know, hyperbolic. I, I think that we're now in a situation. I mean, there are some teams that might have reservations about a 32-year-old Kevin Durant. How are they going to feel about a 34-year-old Kevin Durant coming off of Achilles injury? That's going to cost him all of the 2019-2020 season. We know that. Well, he's only that's 30. That's going to happen. No, what I'm saying, though, is that there's people, in, I'm talking about in the middle of a four-year deal, if you give them a four-year max, five-year max, you know, there's people who are saying, well, what's he going to be at 32? Well, what's he going to be more at 34 and with a bad Achilles or coming off Achilles surgery? That's that's really what the question is going to well, be to some organizations. Now, it depends on the organization, okay? So if I'm the Knicks, I don't give two shits. I'm oh, going yeah, absolutely. for it anyway. You don't have another option. You have to. You Your entire free agency, and even if you suck next year or you bring in another piece you still know you're getting Kevin Durant the following season. Your fan base can feel good because he's he's at least there. He's on your roster. He's rehabbing. And you know that you're not far away. You're getting one of the best players on the planet back. 
if you're a team like Brooklyn, you you have so a lot to consider because that's a young developing team that has been going in the right direction. Now, do you want to compromise cap space that you've cleared that you could use for maybe two other really nice players in addition to let's say Kyrie comes? On a Kevin Durant, who's not going to play next year, maybe stunt your development, and then you have to wonder what he's going to be when he comes back. You know, the Clippers, I still think, have to go for him. Uh, the Lakers, no, but I don't think that's really ever been in consideration. But I think this now can be a huge, huge sign that he could return to Golden State. He could exercise his player option for $31.5 million. He can rehab in San Francisco. He's going to be there, and then he can hit free agency next year after rehabbing all year. I don't think that the teams that were really pushing for him now will hide away from him next year, especially if they still have the cap space. And then you get a healthy Durant for the 2020-21 season. That's what I see happening um, as far as how teams are thinking. But I, I still think that he's gonna he's gonna know where he wants to go. I, those are just the you know those are the hypotheticals that teams are gonna have to ask themselves now because this is a huge deal and now he might not be the domino the that the lead domino that falls and causes everybody else. He might it might take him a couple more days. I mean, but it depends on the team. Where do you see this happening? All right, so. We spoke about NBA free agency, and I basically said to you when it came to Kevin Durant that I don't know where he's going. I think it's between the Warriors and the Knicks, and I still think it's between the Warriors and the Knicks, but I think KD has his mind made up. Nobody else knows, but I think KD knows where he's going, right? Mm -hmm. I think that in that sense, it's still between the Warriors and the Knicks. I don't think the Nets have a shot. I don't see KD going to the Nets. Although it would be a nice little team, I just don't. I think if he's going to go to New York, he's going to do it with the Knicks, and that's just not being a homer. Let's talk Knicks about fan. that in a minute, even though I agree with you. But let's talk about that. Now. Okay, but going back to it, I think that Kevin Durant doesn't have his mind made up anymore. I think that this is a life-changing event, and I think that now it's going to be up in the air. And I think it's gone from Kevin Durant knows where he's going, just nobody else does, to 50-50. He's going to have to evaluate, see how long rehab takes, see how bad this Achilles injury is. Maybe it's not fully ruptured, this, that, and the third. And he has to see, do I want to go to a Knicks team where I'll be the man, I'll be in New York. If I win one championship there, it's like winning five with the Warriors. Or, But that being said, their roster is going to be literally nothing. Maybe they go out and get an AD. Still, it's going to take a few years to build with this bad Achilles. Who knows? Maybe his career just got chopped down by four years. Or do I want to have that security blanket of Golden State where they're going to be just fine next year as I rehab and then I can come back and we can run it right back. I'm still going to get my max contract. I'm still going to make my money, and I'm still going to be a top remember, 15 too, player he could all the time. Remember, too, he could just exercise that one-year option that he has and yeah, he, make up his mind next time. Although, either way, he's going to be getting paid this year whether or not he plays. I mean, the Knicks, the Knicks yes. are going to throw the bag at him. They're going to give him the four-year yes. max. I, I don't think that... I am, I am more confident in that than I am in most things, and that is that the Knicks will offer him a four-year max deal even if his leg gets amputated, to be quite honest with you. 
if he has to go out there and play with a prosthetic leg or possibly with one, I think the Knicks will still offer him a four-year contract. I think KD, honestly, with one leg might be better than 95% of people in ba- that have a basketball in their hands. No, I totally agree. And first of all, that image is hilarious. I'm just thinking about the current Knicks roster with a one-legged Kevin Durant. And I'm like, wow, this guy is still so much better than everybody else. Um, I do agree with you. I, I've, I have always thought it was the Knicks with an overwhelming majority of advantage followed by Golden State. But, what you know, I think that there's something to be talked about that – the reason why I said that let's let's talk about this Nets Knicks thing for a minute because up until this time last night, I still thought it was all Knicks with some Warriors and maybe just maybe Brooklyn. And the reason that that's becoming more and more interesting is because, dude, I don't you know the days go by fast, but we haven't talked with each other on the air since last Monday, and that was av- that was prior to a week-long Kyrie Irving is is all in on the Nets and was reported by Stephen A. that he flew out to Oakland when, when Golden State was out there this past week and weekend to talk to Durant about possibly joining the Nets, not the Knicks, and saying, listen, it's, it's going to be great there. I, you know, the facility is incredible. Let's go there. No, no sense that he's going to persuade him, but at least it's saying, hey, you know, they're talking about New York, but they're not talking about the Knicks. This Achilles thing now, what it does is if you put just the Knicks and the Nets on notice and say, okay, you're going to sign Kevin Durant, you're going to sign another Max player, and Durant's not playing at all next year. Okay. So let's just say the teams stand pat and they each sign another star, but the rest of the roster remains the same with the draft coming up. You're going to have a Knicks team that just tanked this past year. That stinks. It sounds like Kyrie is pretty much going to go to the Nets. So now the Knicks are looking at Durant saying, okay, we have – Kevin Knox, Dennis Smith Jr., we're going to draft R.J. Barrett, we have Mitchell Robinson, and Kyrie's not coming, but we're going to trade for Anthony Davis, or we're going to sign Kemba, or the Nets renounced the rights of uh, D'Angelo Russell, so we're going to look at D'Angelo Russell. Is that enough for you to say, for you to come back and say, I feel good about this roster? And the interesting thing is, is that if he has the reservations about this Achilles, see, he's going to walk in regardless of what his health status is with the entire weight of Madison Square Garden on his shoulders whenever he does come back. Because he's still Kevin Durant, and he's going to be expected to win in a big way with a, by a Knicks fan base that's starved. So whenever he does come back, it's going to be a, all the pressure on him, and it's going to be the, a very much incumbent upon what the rest of that roster looks like. You go across the bridge, and you're talking about a Brooklyn Nets team that if they sign Kyrie Irving, that's probably, aside from Kawhi, he's definitely the third best free agent. Just throw all the off-the-court shit away. 
He's the best. He's a better player than D'Angelo Russell. You have Karis LeVert, who was the best player during the Nets' post short-lived postseason run. You have Spencer Dinwiddie, Joe Harris, um, Jared Allen, and they just acquired Tarian Prince, who's a really good player. So the rest of that roster already was a postseason team. You just slightly upgraded. I won't say slightly. You upgraded from Russell to Irving, as long as Irving has his head on straight. But talent-wise, you upgraded. And I love D'Angelo Russell. That's not a slight on him. We can just acknowledge, as intelligent basketball fans, Kyrie Irving's better. And now you're saying, okay, Katie, you're going to rehab. You're going to take care of yourself. You're going to watch a team that was, that's already going to be in the playoffs. You don't have to worry about that. And then you're going to come back. Kate, Kyrie's still going to be happy because you're there and you're coming back. You've got Levert, who's like your little brother, and a good young nucleus and a stable organization. Now, again, I have no idea how he's looking at this, and I still think between New York teams he's going to the Knicks. But you have to look at it now differently with the Achilles. Look, man, here's the deal. If that's, you're looking at it, a, if you're looking at it through that the lens, that could be a more appealing situation. I I'm agree with you. I agree with you. But if you're looking at it at the lens through, Katie's got this Achilles injury. It's still down to the Knicks or the Warriors because, in that sense, it's oh, no, like I agree. why I wouldn't why would I go team. to Brooklyn, a lesser team than the team I'm on right now, when you're basically describing. The, the the reason why he would go to the Nets over the Knicks is stability and talent, right? So why wouldn't he stay with the most stable franchise over the past six years in the league and no, the most no, no, talented franchise? No, no, you're missing franchise? my point. I just compared the two New York teams. Obviously, I know it's going to yeah, be between the Knicks and the Yeah, but my point is this. It's still the Knicks and the and the Warriors because you're, you're justifying to me that, oh, he might go to the Nets instead of the Knicks because he wants stability and Oh, I'm not Kyrie's- justifying it. I, I don't think it's happening. So then I'm what's just the saying, point what's, here? You, you're I'm, just trying to fanboy we, it up? A no, I'm bit? saying we, we already were already in agreement that it was between the Knicks and the Warriors. So I was just saying, because you threw Brooklyn out there, so I was saying, okay, like, let's just compare the Knicks and, and Nets. It's it's not... Oh, like, unequivocally, at this point in time, the Nets are more talented than the Knicks, but again, if he's going to go for the talent... I think it's going to depend on how much pressure he wants on him. And how bad this injury is. Well, yeah, again, if he doesn't... If does he, he want on him when he comes back? Then he's get, if he doesn't want that much pressure and he wants to relax for a year or two, he's going to stay with the Warriors. Come on. Or if he thinks that he's good but maybe won't be the same, then it's very important for the Knicks to upgrade their roster in addition to Durant. Because at that point, you're going to walk into a situation where... You're going to be uh, see the pressure that he's going to face with the Knicks is more than any other situation he could go to, whether it be the Warriors staying there, going to the Nets, or going to the Clippers, or whatever. If he goes to the Knicks, whenever he steps on that court again, is going to be expected to win in a big way. That's oh, I, I completely agree with you, and and that's a real so, problem for the Knicks because so if he was healthy. I would say fuck it, and I think he would too. He'd say, "Give me." Oh, if he was healthy, roster. I think he he's he's a Nick, signed, sealed, and delivered. But if we're talking about pressure and we're talking about bringing a team to the playoffs and them not sucking, I really don't like the Knicks' chances next year because 
D'Angelo Russell alone is not going to bring this roster to the playoffs. He's not that type of player. And Kemba Walker is on a slightly better roster in New Orleans, and I think he's made the playoffs once in his career. Yeah, whatever. Charlotte. I'm sorry. Whatever. Who fucking cares? Um, Well, they're very different teams. Okay, whatever. They used to be the Hornets, okay? Um, or they used, yeah, whatever. They they used the Hornets used to be in New Orleans, Sean. All right, you just made a whole point about Brooklyn and then told me you agreed with me. So like, why don't why don't you hop off here, okay? No, uh, because without first of all, you took that totally out of context. We I had said it's Knicks and Warriors. Then I said okay, you should have just told me before the pod that you wanted to fanboy out about the Nets for ten minutes and talk about You're their just roster. So bad. New Orleans <laughs> has a basketball team now. It's not like you're talking about Vancouver that used to be the Grizzlies that don't have a team. Uh, they'll be the Sonics sooner rather than later. But back to the point, if that's the thing I'm worried about with the Knicks now with this KD injury is that if he goes the route that you're mentioning right now where it's I don't want that much pressure because my leg's hanging, you know, my leg's hanging by a string right now and it's going to take me forever to, to rehab it. The Knicks aren't going to be able to get a guy that's a true proven playoff leader. I mean, even Kemba, like I said, He's been in the East his entire his entire career. He's been on the the Charlotte Hornets. That's the team, right? Yeah. Nice. And he's brought them to the playoffs once. Like Kemba, honestly, I love him as a second player, maybe a third with an Anthony Davis and a KD. But as a headlining player, I know he's from the Bronx and and he's a New York guy, but he doesn't do it for me. And I don't think he's going to no, do it for KD should. either. No, he shouldn't. And that's really what makes this whole thing fascinating. And, you know, I'm not the one that's fanboying out. I'm not the one that's bringing up Brooklyn left and right in the media. You know, some of our favorite and most intelligent people on various networks and podcasts that we really trust and enjoy listening to because they know their shit have dropped that have dropped the Brooklyn thing a lot. And especially with how the Kyrie thing took legs last week. Listen, a month and a half ago, it was 95%, according to Stephen A., from his sources, that Kyrie and KD were coming to the Knicks. And now, all of a sudden, KD has this, and all we've heard about is Kyrie and the Nets, Kyrie and the Nets, Kyrie and the Nets. Well, listen, something's got to give here. So what's going to happen with this Achilles is I think it hurts the Knicks the most. I think it helps the Warriors the most. And I think that dark horse resides in Brooklyn because they cleared a shit ton of cap space, have a team that's already been in the playoffs, just acquired Tari and Prince, and have that stability. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but other people that have been talking about this far more than I have, I've been saying all along it's the Knicks and the Knicks and the Knicks and the Knicks. But if people keep talking about the Nets, yeah, I'm going to say they're a dark horse. So here's the thing, and this is going to lead us into an Anthony Davis talk with the New Orleans Pelicans. If I'm the Knicks, now we'll talk about the market for AD because I guess that meeting with um, with David Griffin didn't go too well because no. they are, the Pelicans are fielding offers as as we speak for, for Anthony Davis. And it came out on Bleacher Report that the two teams he's willing to sign with long-term are the New York Knicks and the LA, and the LA Lakers. I almost said Dodgers. Jesus Christ. Uh, that's a different sport. <laughs> he's just switching sports, dude. I mean, yeah. that team wins a lot. So we'll, maybe we'll be talking, that puts them over the edge. Yeah, and Magic Johnson actually does a good job with them. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll be talking baseball later in the week. But to back to this. 
If I'm the Knicks, the second that you can actually make that trade, I'm not pulling any punches. I go with my best offer, the top offer we're willing to make, and don't even let the Pelicans think about it because Gail Benson, their owner, has already said, I'm not trading him to the Lakers. Don't let don't let anybody uh, bid her up and, and don't let their GM, David Griffin, get in a room with her and convince her, oh, we're going to get more assets from the Lakers. Get what you need, get AD, and hopefully that convinces KD to come to the Knicks. Yeah. Listen, I, I again, this is something that is going to be the most important and most highly anticipated story leading up to the draft, which is in exactly nine days. I think they want this done by the draft, and I think a lot of other teams do too. So to embellish upon your story is David Griffin wants a package, apparently, that's headlined by an already made all-star, a potential all-star, and at least two first-round picks. And there's not many teams, as a matter of fact, there's not any team that can offer that by themselves. So Yeah, well, Griffin, he's doing the old trick of, like, getting a pair of, get, a pair of uh, Nike somethings and throwing them up on eBay for $50,000 when they're worth, like, 900 Like, okay, we, we got you. You're just, maybe somebody will be dumb enough to buy them and stick them somewhere well, with a lot it's of money. Gonna come down to a couple, I think it's going to come down to a couple of teams working together. I think a team that's interesting is the Hawks because they have three first-round picks. And they could they could work pretty well with another team as a facilitator. So we're looking at something like that. The other thing is we've seen very often is I love the guys that don't have no trade clauses that are demanding to go to certain teams. You know, Kyrie got traded to Boston. Boston was not on his team with his list of teams. Jimmy Butler goes to the Sixers. Paul George goes to the Thunder. And now Kawhi even goes to Toronto. All we heard was Kawhi to L.A. And they shipped him out of the goddamn country. And now we're talking about him staying. So I think now we're in a, we're in a state. And remember, Paul George, it was at this time last year, you won 365 days. It was a sure fucking thing he was going to the Lakers. And it didn't even take him past two minutes of midnight of July 1st to decide to stay in Oklahoma City. And he didn't even win a title. As a matter of fact, they were a first-round exit. So what I'm saying is David Griffin does not have to appease Anthony Davis by saying, okay, the Lakers and the Knicks are your only destinations. He's a free agent at the end of this coming year. So he can then go wherever he wants. And if the Knicks and the, Pel- and the uh, Lakers are his destinations, then you know what? A year from now, he can sign with one of them. But if I'm David Griffin and I'm Gail Benson and I'm trading a generational superstar, I'm getting back no shortage of what I'm asking for. And if teams are creative enough, they can make that happen. I've been telling you this the whole time. The Knicks have the best package, and it's not even close. The only way it comes close is if they do a sign-and-trade with the Nets with D'Angelo Russell because theirs are already made all-star. But now that they don't even have their number 17 overall pick, they're not sufficing with those. As a matter of fact, they traded their 2020 pick next year, too, um, in the Torian Prince trade to clear to get rid of uh, Alan Crabb. So now they really can't entice anybody with that. So now you have the Knicks. Who there's questions about Kevin Knox. There's questions about Dennis Smith Jr. on good teams. 
And there's questions about R.J. Barrett, who seems likely and destined to be the number three overall pick. But you know what? That's still a really good starting piece, especially if you throw in a Mitchell Robinson. And they have seven first-round picks in the next five years, the New York Knicks. It's a couple of their own that they've had and then the ones they acquired from Dallas in the KP trade. So they have by far the most lucrative and appealing package to get AD to one of the two destinations he wants to be. Now, what had surfaced today was there's some resignation within a couple of the Knicks front office personnel that they don't really know if they want to do that for AD, remembering that the Knicks traded a large amount of their nice young core to get Carmelo Anthony. And that pretty much, you know, destroyed that entire what could have been run just because there was a threat that he was going to go to the Nets. So the Knicks might have to jump Anthony Davis. They might just absolutely have to, even if it takes a third team. I know that I've said he can't be the star, the, the star number one player on a championship team. But if he's the reason you're getting Kevin Durant, now you're talking about a legitimate team that is going to excite him. Because with Anthony Davis alone and a couple of other nice players, okay players even, that's a playoff team next year as long as Davis stays healthy. So then Durant comes back the following year and you're pairing Anthony Davis, Kevin Durant, and, you know, whomever else. That's very attractive. Now you're talking about the Lakers, right? Apparently... Alvin Gentry still really likes Lonzo Ball and really likes Brandon Ingram, despite his health concerns. Okay, if you're talking about those, then you're throwing in a Kyle Kuzma, then you're throwing in some first-round picks. Now we're talking. Remember, they hold number four this year. You can basically tell them, I don't care how, but get this guy. As long as it's not R.J. Barrett, because then that's going to be a tough trade to make. But then maybe the Knicks become involved. I don't know. There's so many moving pieces here, which is why I do think another team, it's going to have to be a multi-team deal, because I don't think any one team has an offer that's really, really exciting. I think there has to be more. And the next week, heading into draft night, where we've seen crazy shit happen, that they're going to want to get this done ASAP because they're going to want to use those picks on players in this draft. They're going to want to know who's there next year. So Zion's happy and maybe move a drew holiday or something, or find a guard to pair with him. It, there's a lot of moving pieces that's going to have to be decided within the next about nine days, 10 days. I believe that the Knicks are in the best position if they want him. The question is, is are they willing to give up as much as it's probably going to take just to appease Durant, who's not even going to play next year? That's that's a big that's a big time gamble. But if it pays off, you're talking about a team that's in the driver's seat. Yeah, man. And I have a really hard time comping this to the mellow deal just because I think. First of all, Anthony Davis is a lot younger and has a lot less minutes under his belt. The Knicks also aren't in nearly the same situation. That was a good roster. This Knicks team was just the worst team in the league. Yeah. Um, no, but what I'm saying... Also, I think Davis is a better player than Melo all around. Oh, no, for sure, for sure, for sure. 
the only comp was that, and this is coming not from me or even reported. No, I'm not citing you. I'm saying that it's stupid the whoever they, who's ever saying that, and I'm not surprised well, it's coming from the Knicks. All they're saying is that, you know, the last time they had a chance to get a superstar player in a trade who said he wanted to go to the Knicks, they had to kind of gut their entire young roster. And yes, that team was showing a little bit more promise, but that was not a playoff team necessarily. I mean, they had gotten off to a good start that year, but that wasn't a championship team. We really don't know what Kevin Knox is yet. We really don't know how good Dennis Smith Jr. is because he hasn't played on a good team. Mitchell Robinson's very exciting. We both love him. Um, and you're going to have the number three pick, which is most likely going to be an R.J. Barrett. So, and not to I'm mention, saying, not to mention that when you traded for Melo, Melo was going to be your best player. You're basically trading for AD in order to convince KD to come. There was no, right. there was no trade for Melo so that LeBron signs or whatever. Right, but now with this injury, KD won't play next year. Probably. That's fine. So now, so then AD becomes your best player for a year. That's again, okay. That's as long as it gets yeah. KD in a Knicks uniform for, for a four-year deal, I don't care. And that's what the Knicks are going to have to decide. I don't have Zion. Do I'm at that. the point now where I've waited long enough. I'm willing to risk my entire team, which I think is talented but doesn't have a transcendent player on it right now, to, to go after a championship yeah. within the next four years. Yeah, but man, this is you know this is now rounding back to what we talked about earlier. This injury changes everything, and it, it really right. now answers what what level of desperation are each is each team who's been coveting Kevin Durant at? Is it to make that splash to say, listen, we were if you're the New York Knicks, we have been saying that we're getting him. We have sold our goddamn fan base on it. We have opened two max slots. We are poised and ready to go. And even if he cannot play at all, Kevin Durant will be a member of the New York Knicks. That is, in my opinion, what's still going to happen. And they're going to throw the four-year max at him and tell him, we don't fucking care. You can do whatever you want when you're here. And tell us who else you want to go get. And then, you know, we'll, we'll make sure they're on the roster even if that's Anthony Davis. So, and but then if you're a team like the Warriors, you know, it's like, listen, we, we have our other guys to pay too, but we, we got to offer you the max too. You know, you're going to have to re-sign Clay. Draymond is, is, is up for grabs soon. You're going to have a couple, you're going to want to fill out that roster because we're starting to see it's getting pretty thin. Looney's a free agent. So, and then you're talking about a team like the Nets who obviously would be all in, but, Maybe now they're thinking, okay, like we have to use some of this other cap space we created elsewhere. We want them, obviously, but for losing them for a year, it's really coming down to desperation level. If you're the Los Angeles Clippers, you're saying, fuck it. Maybe we just have to get them. And again, we don't really care. This injury now, it's not about, before it wasn't about desperation. Because the answer was obvious. Every single team, for various reasons, we're at the same level of, of, of desperation and desire of Kevin Durant. How could you not be? But now, knowing you're probably losing a year of that four-year max that you're paying him, and you don't know to what extent he's going to be when he comes back, there's a lot to, to consider if you're a team that's going after this guy. 
which again is why I think the either the, the re-signing with the Warriors for the Max or taking that one-year player option to rehab in San Francisco, be a part of a good team again, and then analyze at this time next year where you really want to be is a, is a situation that I never thought was possible, but now I think is. Yeah, I completely agree with you, and I'm I'm really at a loss for words over this entire KD injury thing, and I've never seen anything like it before. A, a, a top 15 player all time, probably the best player in the league right now, maybe Kawhi's got that belt going forward, but going into his free agency, probably one of the last bags he's going to secure if he signs a four-year max, and he gets hurt, I've never seen this before. No, I, I don't think any of us have. And, and now you're talking about a guy like Kawhi who becomes potentially the number one free agent on the market. And maybe the New York Knicks are looking at him and saying, you know what, that's our number one target now. We have to get Kawhi. Hey, and, I'm not opposed to it. I just don't think that. Well, no, you're not. You, you would take him? <laughs> I don't think he has any desire to go to the Knicks at all. I've never even heard like a, an inkling. Not saying that he wants to be. I'm just saying that if you're the Knicks, you're you have to shoot your arrows at every single one of these guys because it's going to be very important for you as the your New York Knicks as the A-list franchise in New York as the most one of the most iconic and storied franchises in all of the NBA, despite being terrible for 20 years. This is very important that you get meetings with these guys this time around. I, I completely, I completely agree with you. I think unequivocally, this is the biggest Knicks off season ever. Because if KD, Period. let's 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 just say that KD's not KD's not sure yet, right? And this is it's still all sinking in, and he gets surgery prior to you know July or June thirtieth now this year, and he's taking some time, and the Knicks don't have time. So now they're going after Kawhi. And Kawhi says, I don't even want to take a meeting. And then they're talking to Kyrie. And Kyrie's like, I'm already in Brooklyn, guys. Not coming. And then Kemba re-signs for the Kings' ransom in Charlotte because I still think they're going to offer it to him, even though I think it's stupid that they do. And now free agents are starting to come off the board without even entertaining the Knicks. And KD's thinking, well, what the fuck? Like, no, literally nobody wants to go here because I haven't made my decision yet. Like, nobody else wants to take a meeting with these guys. No, like, they're not even an, an option. And all of a sudden they're talking to, no offense to them, but Tobias Harris and Jimmy Butler and Chris Middleton as the next level guys. Like, that's a, that is, that's your worst nightmare. I don't even want to talk about it. I'm going back to the the good vibes store. Good vibes. Good vibes to KD. So that's why it's very, very important that they even get linked, no matter how much of bullshit it is. Because I think a lot of this is bullshit. I think in in all these teams at this point in the game, it's a, a lot of it's bullshit unless it's being heavily reported by Woj and Shams and Zach Lowe. I'm not really listening to anything else people are saying because everybody's saying everything. But it's very important that the Knicks get linked at least to Kawhi and get linked to Kyrie still and maybe like throw Brooklyn off its tracks and is still 
Katie's preferred destination, air quotes, from, you know, people that know him. Because if he's if the Knicks start to fade into the darkness again, and they're not getting meetings, and they're not being linked, and they don't have any real cachet, well, now a guy who looked like he was going to sign within the first hour of the first day now might take a couple days is going to say, well, what the fuck? Literally, nobody wants to be here. And that's the position the Knicks can't find themselves in. Can't be like 2016 when they couldn't even get a meeting with him in the Hamptons. Can't be like 2010 when they were rolling Donnie Walsh in a wheelchair and trying to, you know, make LeBron James and D. Wade, you know, really interested in what the Knicks had going on. This is huge, man. This is huge. Uh, Even if it's just per public perception of who they're zeroing in on. That's why even if Kyrie or Kawhi rather has no interest in going to the Knicks, say, make sure a report comes out. Kawhi is in New York or his, you know, his uncle is trying to convince him to come to the Knicks or the Knicks are zeroing in on um, Kawhi Leonard as a target, just so that the names are linked. That's all I'm saying. Because right now, a lot of other teams, I'm telling you, a team that's slipping up right now is the Clippers. I'm not hearing them, involved at all with a possible KD situation and not even that much with Kawhi right now. All I'm hearing about from Kawhi and I'm sure you are too from, you know, the reputable sources are he's very he very might well stay in Toronto. I don't know, man. Uh, you you're making me nervous right now. I need a cigarette or something. I got to step out. Uh, <laughs> this is just it's too much for me, man. The season's not even over yet. Uh, I've already had my heart broken many a time by the Knicks. The most recent one, them being that they got the third pick instead of the first. I gotta go to the gas station. I gotta get it. I gotta get a boke. Wow, strong. Listen, man. I'm not trying to be nervous, but we gotta talk about this intelligently. And I'm just saying, how does it go from 95 percent you're getting both of them a month ago to now? literary concerns over both this they is, this is the nba plans. man this happens all the time i know but it, it's what i'm saying is, it's is just this like is the, the series Knicks. man they flip in two seconds D- three weeks ago or whatever we were saying the milwaukee bucks look unstoppable but this is the knicks man this is this is the mecca they play in the garden this is this is the chance where they have to, regardless of what Katie, like you said in the earlier part of the podcast. I know you were you going to extreme, but I know you meant it. Even if he's going, you're signing him, knowing his leg has to be amputated. You throw the complete max at Kevin Durant. Still, other teams now have to seriously consider how many years they offer and how much. And it's all going to come down to desperation, which I think is fascinating. And now you have this Anthony Davis saga that's been hanging over our heads about to become the number one possible domino in all this that falls. Because everybody thought, right, you and me, and I think everybody that's followed this throughout the regular season and dragged into the postseason, all the way up till now, Kevin Durant, was going to be the number one domino that fell, and he was going to be the linchpin to where Kawhi goes and Kyrie goes and and Butler goes and all on down the line. And now, (laughs) fucking A, he might not be even the second, third, or fourth domino. Anthony Davis might be the number one. And now you could be in an arms race to just make sure you get him. 
It, it's crazy. And this is the craziest sequence of events that I have that I can recall during an incredibly provocative NBA Finals. This injury didn't happen on a pickup court or you know playing with a buddy. This happened risking his free agency and health to come back in an elimination game in the NBA Finals to secure his legacy that is being kind of swept by the wayside because of the move to Golden State. It's crazy. The entire landscape of this league is changing in 20 days. You're absolutely right, man. It's going to be either a really fun or a really depressing summer. And meanwhile, we have a Game 6 Thursday night that is either going to see an entire country win and finally get the monkey off their back, or we're going to see the heart of the champions come all the way back and force a game seven and see if this dynasty can stay sustained despite every possible obstacle in their path. It's, I was always a pretty fair-weathered NBA fan and would get into it when my team was good or when the storylines were great. This is, I don't know how you are not just all NBA all the time now. It's a lot of fun, and before we go, I just want to thank the Warriors because last night we would have had to have done an emergency pod and jumped in right after if the the Raptors won. And you, I texted you, and I was like, "Yeah, let's do it tomorrow. We got some more time." And you were like, "I'm already half asleep." So thank you to the Warriors (laughs) for for giving us another day to sleep. I stayed up being exhausted. I'm like, I'm watching this game. There's no way I'm turning this off. Watched what happened. Was so into it. And I felt like I was just ready to crash. And you texted me. I was like, thank God we're not going to do this tonight, right? We'll do this tomorrow. I was like, oh, thank thank you, Clay and Steph. You're, well, you should really... be saying thank you for being a nice CEO is what you should be saying. I'm not saying that. I'll thank Nick Nurse first before I thank you. I'll thank. When Kawhi uh, went on that, though, I was like, oh, the Warriors got this. And then Kawhi went on that 12 I was ready run. To go. I was like, fuck. I was, I was ready to make another cup of coffee and be like, I'm pulling an all-nighter tonight. We're talking about the Raptors being well, NBA champs. Not everybody has not a boss yet. like me, my friend. Oh, please. Oh, please. All right, well, that about wraps up this one. So we have a few articles running on the website right now. We got two Mike Phillips. We got a Sean article about the MLB. So check that out at sorrysports.com. You have a few more coming out, right? Got a couple more coming up. I'm talking about the Minnesota Twins in baseball and how they're being finally recognized as one of as the best team in baseball right now everybody wants to talk about the dodgers and and the rays and the yankees and some other stories but minnesota is the best team in the league and, and they're finally starting to get some credit uh I'm talking about what the uh torian prince trade meant for the nets talking about of course this nba finals and um i i just started that one today about how kind of everything we talked about like but more so geared towards the finals itself you know this was the series that no one really that the nba really didn't seem like they wanted and they got it (laughs) excuse me and it's the best case scenario for them because they're the storylines in this series you know when this series started we we everybody kind of thought we said six just because you know, a six game in a final, you got to give one. You got to give the teams credit for being there. But a lot of people were saying sweep. Don't even watch. The ratings are way down. Maybe that's the LeBron factor. I don't know. But this has this series has had so many more storylines even before last night than the last two Cavs series have, in my opinion. So 
kind of writing about that and saying how just you know with the two two different countries going at it and what it means to the Warriors dynasty and what it means to the Raptors going forward, all, all that, and just how we got here after just a tipsy turvy NBA uh, NBA season. Absolutely, and then you got NFL training camp coming up soon. We're gonna have to have Frenchie. You know, hopefully he's feeling better, warm up a little bit, write a couple articles. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I hear him talking about some of the rookies he's looking for. I know he's going to be starting to zero in hardcore on um, on the college football ranks. Don't care. To come up soon, and then uh, don't care. You know, he's going to have to. Collect. You know, you're, we're going to have to get some of that going on. You don't want to talk it, but that's important. But I know he's also going to be. I think we're going to try to convince him to do something weekly, where he's talking about the rookies and how they've how they've fared as the season progresses. Well, I've already spoke to him as CEO. I kind of went above your head. We're just going to do... When did you guys talk? What? When? When When did did we talk? talk? Don't worry about it. I had him on the private jet. We just talked a little bit, some some business stuff, some boss stuff, and he's going to be doing a Monday morning quarterback kind of thing every week, just recapping the the week before. He'll probably probably come out Tuesday morning right after the Monday night game. It'll be good stuff for the site. Sorry. Glad you guys got that hashed out. I I shouldn't surround myself with those kind of important decisions, right? Nah, man. You just focus on the content. Okay. All right. Well, thanks for undermining me in a very complimentary way. (laughs) Absolutely. All right. Well, that about wraps it up. We'll be back later in the week with uh, a Monday rundown. On an, on, not on a Monday, but it will have a Monday rundown, so everybody enjoy the rest of their week. Take care, everybody. Enjoy Game 6 Thursday.